Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. Luke chapter 2 is where we're at today. We're picking up the story where we left it off on Christmas Eve. Luke chapter 2, verse 21. As I was reading through these scriptures this week, I began to ponder on how Mary could process all of this that was happening around her. And moms, you know what I'm talking about. We barely process anything after we've had a baby, right? Um, Amen. Preach it, sister. We lucky you even remember where you go, right? Yeah, we we know, mamas, it, it does change. So as I was thinking how Mary could process this, I, I just put myself in her shoes. How would I process that? And for me, it would be coffee and coffee and lots of coffee. So if you'll give me just a little leeway. Got my favorite cup, by the way, Yoda cup. Thank you. Yeah. If you didn't see, I got me a baby Yoda for Christmas, guys. Animatronic. It talks to me. And yes, I talked to it. That's crazy, I know, but happens every time, right? So if I'm, if I'm thinking like Mary and, and all of this is happening, I, I just wanna, I just wanna look at our scriptures maybe a little different this morning on maybe how Mary might process that. Cause for me, it's a cup of coffee in the morning and this journal. Oh, I've got the journals, man. I've got the journal. Diane, I think you really got me started on it years and years ago. So I, if you'll just give me a little leeway with Scripture this morning, let's think of it from a mama's heart, trying to process. And I knew it was going to be a morning I needed coffee, so I just wrote that right into the sermon this morning. So, Because, yes, it's real coffee. <sighs> Good morning, Lord. You are a good, good father, and I am loved by you. This past month, it's been filled with so many events and emotions, Father. First, I want to thank you for my beautiful baby boy, Jesus. Hmm. I know this was not the, the plan that I had, But as soon as I held him, I knew there was no greater joy. And Lord, thank you for my husband, Joseph. I'm overwhelmed by the way he has taken care of Jesus as his own son. And I know whatever the future holds, Joseph will take care of our family. Joseph had Jesus circumcised on the eighth day, and I've never seen such a proud dad. But yesterday was finally the purification offering at the temple. It felt so good to be back in the temple with other believers. I wish we could have afforded a lamb for the sacrifice, but thank you for providing a way for us to take two turtle doves to the temple. Jesus was presented as our firstborn. 
But there were some things. And I'm not sure I understand what it all means yet. While we were at the temple, we were approached by this man named Simon. He asked to hold Jesus, and normally I'd be unsure about that. But he seemed so kind and a devout follower of you. And as he held Jesus, Simeon began to to praise you, and he said something about being at peace to die now, that he had seen your salvation. Lord, he called Jesus the light that would reveal you to the nations. I was amazed at what he was speaking about my little boy. And then I'll never forget these words, Lord. He said, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He's been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him as a result. The deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your very soul. But before I could ask any other questions of Simeon and what he meant, the widow prophet Anna came by. Oh, Anna, she's always been at that temple as long as I can remember when we would go. She too began praising you for our child and was telling anyone who would listen that Jesus was the one we had waited for. I'm not sure I understand all of this. I'm ready to get my little man home to Nazareth, though, and I just wanted to write this down so I could ponder it later when maybe you reveal the meaning to me. Thank you, Father, for all those blessings. I love you. Do you think... Mary had some of those mornings of just pondering what it all meant. Oh, it's easy for us to read these scriptures, and and we know, we know the whole story. But as she was living it day by day, she was still trying to process. I mean, come on, angels have visited. Now she has uh, two people in the temple speaking over her son. That's a lot to take in. That's a lot to take in. But she was just a normal girl like you and I. And verse 19 of chapter 2 tells us that she would store these things in her heart to think on them often. You know, for me to store something up, I I store it in these, these journals that I have. And I have a lot of them over the time. My kids are going to have fun reading them. And yesterday, Thomas, actually, he didn't know I was doing this, and he kind of got sidetracked. He was switching journals. He had filled one up and was switching. And, of course, anybody that journals, you know when you switch, you you have to flip back and kind of look where you started. And he began going through. And as he went to put it up with the others, um, I realized Thomas just disappeared in the house. And and it was because he was in there going through journals and reading through some things. But he helped me uncover a mystery of the Bible yesterday as he was reading through his journals. Yeah. 
Because I've always wondered, we see this snapshot of Jesus being born, this snapshot of him as an infant. We get a, a quick little snapshot when he's a little adolescent kid, right? And then it moves straight into him being a man. And am I the only one that's ever wondered about those missing years? You know, wouldn't you love to see that little snapshot of, of Jesus as a, a kid growing up or, or teenager or, you know, because, man, we sure could use some help on knowing how to handle those teenagers, right? Would have been great to see how Mary handled that. But there's these gaps. So when Thomas was going through his journals yesterday, he found one of his, maybe his first journal. It was his very first journal that he started in 2000. And I, no, yes, 2000. And I was just so proud. I I did not know he had started journaling that long ago. And there was two days of journaling. And then it jumped to 2014. What? Well, then he was gracious enough to share with me some of what was in that last thing. And obviously, now I know this is going to be hard for y'all to believe. But obviously, I was a naggy wife and had been on his case about something, telling him he was a bad husband, actually. Look at it. He's enjoying this. And Raymond, you can quit shaking your head back there too, little brother. So obviously, I'm nagging him about being a bad husband. He's not understanding me, da-da-da-da-da. And then I'm looking at the date of this because I'm like clueless. I have no women, right? We have no recollection of these moments. But then when I look at the date, I'm like... Dude, I'm eight months pregnant with Alex. Like, really? You're going to hold me accountable for anything I said while I was eight months pregnant? Come on. And then he had this one little verse in there about, you know, I'm not sure what she expects. We have this, uh, you know, brand new little baby girl who takes up all of our free time. So I was like, there, it's Brittany's fault. So obviously when kids come along, gaps happen. So I think that Mary got so busy in there with that baby Jesus and then them little rugrats that started coming in after him, we just get gaps in there like, who's got time for that, right? So thank you for uncovering the mystery, Thomas, of the gaps of the Bible. It all goes to motherhood, parenthood. So yeah. We see Mary here and we see what's going on. First of all, what's happening at the temple that day? Jesus is circumcised, Mary told us, on the eighth day. So this indicates to me Joseph is going to raise Jesus right. He's going to raise him as a Jewish young man. He's going to follow the tradition of the fathers before him. So I see that image of Joseph being a proper father. In Leviticus 12, if you go back, you can find instructions on how the purification happened after a woman would give birth to a child and And it's kind of crazy because a woman, she's unclean for the seven days. On the eighth day, they they get the child circumcised, and then she's unclean for 33 more days until purification. Well, that's with a boy. With a girl, it doubles. What? I didn't understand that. And then Brittany and I got to, I don't know, we were kind of bickering about something last night, and then I just said, oh, that's why. It takes double the trouble for them girls, don't it? Jackie, yeah, yeah, she's shaking her head. I don't know. I don't understand that. But I got I got sort of rabbit trailed in Leviticus. I know when I say Leviticus, y'all go, oh, that's that book of the Bible I skipped reading when I was reading through, right? No, go back. Do you know what I found in chapters 13, 14, 15? Quarantine. 
Jesus, I mean, God knew about quarantine. Like if you had a skin disease, you had to quarantine for seven days. The priest come back, check you. And if you wasn't well yet, you had to quarantine seven more days. Does this sound familiar to anybody? Wow. Just interesting. Sorry, that was the rabbit trail of, of my Bible study. So Mary, where we find her, though, is going to be about day 40, where she's coming for the purification. So Jesus is just over a month old. Can you imagine? Anybody see that meme about Mary having a newborn baby, not getting any sleep, up all night, and you want to send her a little drummer boy for a present? Yeah, mamas remember those days, those early, that one month, right, when you're adjusting to the new kid. But Mary would have been considered unclean, which means she would be able to still do household kind of things, but she couldn't participate in the ceremonies at the temple, any of the religious ceremonies. I think we relate to that a lot this year. We've had those gaps where we couldn't participate. We have some at home today that they still haven't been back with us yet. So she was probably excited to get back in that temple. And then we see that glimpse of who Mary and Joseph was because the requirement would have been a lamb and a pigeon for that sacrifice. But that cost a lot of money. So there was a provision made if you couldn't afford that. You could do two turtle doves. I was just seeing if anybody was going to finish that song. (laughs) You could do two turtle doves or you could do two pigeons in place of that. And so that's what they used. So that gives us a little glimpse of family life. Then there was this encounter with Simeon. You know, many Jews in that day were waiting for the Messiah to come back. And they had this envisionment of this mighty leader who was going to show up and set free God's chosen people. And then God's people would rule the nations. So they had sort of this military-type thought. And it's not unfounded. We know we've looked at Old Testament stories before when God would send somebody to release his people, right? And they would rise back up. And and so that's what we're seeing. You know, that, that a lot of Jews, that was what they had. You know, some believe that this would be a moment when the Messiah showed up, that God's chosen people would finally rise above other nations. And even the disciples, we've talked before, almost missed what God was doing. Why? Because they had a preconceived idea in what they thought was going to happen when the Messiah come. Remember, they kept bugging him. Okay, but when are you setting us free? When are we going to show these Romans what we're all about? Remember, Jesus said, well, God knows those days, but we've got some work to do. So that even the disciples had those preconceived. But then there were this few in the, in the nations that would, what you would call the quiet in the land. I love this. Simeon and Anna was probably some of the quiet in the land. In other words, what they were focused on was not this dreams of violent overtaking or power or armies and banners and ruling nations. No. They believed in living a life of constant prayer and worship and the quiet watchfulness for what God was going to do. I love this thought. Simeon and Anna were probably part of the quiet in the land. 
Simeon was waiting his whole life. He had been told uh, through God's spirit that he would see the Messiah. He would not die until he saw the Messiah. And that day in the temple, he recognized Jesus as the one they were waiting on. Now that takes being in tune with God. There's a song that I, there's a line in this song that I hear sometimes, and it says, don't tell me God is quiet when your Bible stays closed. We've got to have communication with God. We've got to have that oneness to hear the Spirit talk. Otherwise, Jesus would have been just another baby in the temple being presented that day. But he recognized him. And I'm guessing, you know, Mary probably seemed pretty proud. Some of the stuff that he said, verse 29, this is what Simeon was speaking over Jesus. Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. Because again, God had told Simeon that you will not die till you've seen the Messiah. And he said, I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. I'm sure that was a proud mama moment. Parents, you know what I'm talking about when we get those weird comments from teachers of, oh, your kids are so awesome and they're so sweet, and you're like, my kids? Are you talking about? Yeah, Alex knows, because I used to get, <laughs> that used to be my reaction when his teachers would say, oh, Alex is so wonderful. You sure you know who my son is? <laughs> just checking, just checking, right? You parents understand this stuff. So I'm sure this was a proud moment for Mary. But then, but then Simeon keeps talking, and then he starts talking about many people are going to fall. Many people are going to rise because of Jesus. Many will oppose him because of what he stands for. He said the deepest thoughts of people's hearts are going to be revealed because of him. And then a sword will pierce your very soul. Hold up. We can't just speed right past that like you didn't say it. Right? What? I'm sure that caught her attention. But before she could ask any questions, here comes Anna. 84-year-old widow Anna who was only married for seven years before her husband died and remained a widow the rest of the time. And she stayed in the temple day and night, praying and worshiping God. I don't know why, but every time I read this story, I get a vision of Miss Christine Watkins as Anna. (laughs) I really have that vision of just that old widow sitting there that always had a word. Anybody still got a Miss Christine paper in your Bible somewhere? Yep, y'all know what I'm talking about. And they all are probably identical, right? She loved her Lord, though. Man, she loved her Lord. So Anna shows up. She's over here in Simeon Talk, and she realizes who Jesus is, too. And then she gets all beside herself and is excited. And then anybody that will listen to her that doesn't think she's crazy, that they've been waiting for the Messiah, she begins to tell them who Jesus is. That's a lot for a new mama to take in, to process. 
I'm sure Mary thought these things, thought about these things often as she watched in those gap years, watching Jesus grow up. And then in those years as an adult, as things began to get not pretty for him. I know she thought of these things. What a year for Mary that she had. Because remember, she started out as just a young, happily engaged young woman when an angel showed up and changed everything for her. And you're like, yeah, she was Mary. Yeah, she was Mary that was labeled as an adulterer probably that could have been stoned. That was probably whispered about when she went into the town because nobody understood what was happening. Who would believe it when she said, I'm still a virgin and I'm, I'm with child? Right. We know our science. That doesn't happen. Right? What a year for Mary that she had. 2020. What a year it has been. Amen. Did you see my shirt? Marked out 2020, 2021, fingers crossed. <laughs> Is that what we're feeling like? Y'all know, y'all know the joke, right? On uh, New Year's Eve, everybody's hollering Jumanji at midnight. We over this stuff, right? This is my free, free shirt. Like I went, okay, so here's the story. I was going to go get blood. Then I decided I was too busy to get blood. And then the governor said we have a blood shortage in the state. So I decided to go get blood, okay? So I go up there Tuesday or Monday to Mina to get blood. And for the first time in like, I don't know how long I've been giving blood, 20, 30 years. I've been doing it since I was a teenager. I was turned away because I have the worst veins ever, by the way. I have little veins that are deep and, you know, if you're a nurse, you know. I hear that's like a four-letter word to a nurse or something, right? But, I mean, I've never not given blood. Like, they, they still will take your blood if you show up. Well, the nurse was checking. She knew. She's like, but she was a good nurse. You know a good one when you get them because they don't look at you. They just start feeling. And you know that they're doing it by feel, not by eyes. That sounds like it could preach. Um, somebody make notes for that. But she, she found one, and then she was like, let me look at your other arm. Well, then I'm just going to call her Helga. That's what I thought of her. She comes over. She says, hey, it's your lunch break. Let me, let me do this. And then... Um, Helga just sort of flimsily looks and she just, I, I can't feel anything. I said, am I dead? <laughs> and she just sort of rolls her eyes at me. So I was like, oh, this is going south already. Okay. Um, because I use this joke a lot when I give blood. And so she turns it over to a guy and he says, he turns it over to another guy. So the fourth person, and he's like, you know, whatever you decide, we, well, that guy, he didn't even tighten the thing. I've done this enough. He didn't even tighten it enough. And he said, we're going to let you walk today. Thanks. And he turned around and walked off. And I was like, I thought we had a blood shortage here. Like, (laughs) you know, I thought you needed my blood. So they done gave me the t-shirt. So I was like, it's mine now. And I just walked out the door. So, you know what? A lot of people need Jesus and they're still going to turn him down because it seems too hard. It's the only reason they turned me down the other day because it was going to be a hard blood draw and they didn't want to do that. Okay, that's a separate sermon though. But 2020, 
Man, a year ago, let me tell you, a year ago, I was so excited for this year. We had the biggest Swandon Philodely planned in the years of Swandon Philodely. Had one of them bikers coming in. Clay Biker was going to be our speaker. We had music coming in from Oklahoma City. We, we had it. It was, it was it. Canceled. We had plans forming for our 110th anniversary, big revival weekend. Thank you, David, for the one Sunday we got out of all that. And I didn't even get to be a part of it because I was in quarantine. (laughs) You know, women's and men's ministry. Women, we did the last event of 2020 before we shut it down, right? We went to Little Rock and had the biggest party ever that day. And then it all just stopped. The world stopped. And then we thought, well, okay, okay, by summer we'll be okay. No, we wasn't okay. Okay, okay, by by the fall we'll be okay. We wasn't okay. (laughs) We're still in that ick, right? We're still waiting for things. But I wonder today, because Mary had to store these things up to think about them later. I wonder today, what can we store up about this year to think about later? You see, I believe God is still in the business of speaking over his people. Simeon and Anna spoke over Jesus. Have you ever had someone speak over you? to speak something into your life that you needed at just the right moment. Diane, I remember you brought in a speaker once uh, for women's ministry. Thomas and I was in the middle of teen ministry, and I honestly was in a very bad burnout point of like, I'm not sure I can keep doing this. Like, I didn't feel like I was doing anything, you know? Ministry people, you understand what I'm saying, where you just begin to doubt and you're just tired and you just need that fresh breath from God. And at that meeting, and I cannot remember her name, it was I think she was from Oklahoma maybe that you had brought her over, but I remember she began to speak to people. And I had my doubts. I was like, yeah, okay, just giving generic words, right? She walked up to me. And she just began to speak to me. And I had not spoken to this woman. And I had not shared with anybody what I was feeling. And she said, God just wants you to know that you are right where you need to be and to keep doing what you're doing. Wow. That's all I needed. That's all I needed. I remember Pastor Tim Evans several years ago as somebody we knew, uh, a friend of ours was getting ordained and I had began to dabble in the, you know, local license side of things. I had not got the district side because I wanted to take classes to get that under my belt first. Sorry, I had a tangent when I said that, and I'll get to that in a minute. But Pastor Tim, um, as we were watching our friend get ordained, he just walked up to me and he said, this is going to be you someday. And at that point, I was still not sold that I was going to be an ordained minister. I was just sort of walking a a road. Now I'm looking at, hopefully this summer, finally being ordained. And I see you shaking your head. You're part of this story. How many times has David Baker spoken to my ministry? (laughs) 
because he likes women pastors. Because we like to sit and have coffee, and you know, that's how we teach it. <laughs> so Sandy Morgan, it doesn't have to be a pastor, by the way. Sandy Morgan spoke over me years and years ago, and she just came and she said, BJ, God gave me a vision, and you're going to be mighty one of these days. You're going to be preaching his word up on the pulpit. Wow. God is still in the business of speaking over his children. We have to listen. We have to be in tune and listen and store those things up. Because each of these things that I shared with you, at the moment it happened to me, maybe I rolled my eyes. Maybe I was like, eh, I don't know. that." Mm. But I would write it down in a journal to store it up. And now I look back and I can see it coming to pass. I see it coming to pass. I had a tangent, and i got to go back to this. When I was talking about doing my classes, I just need to share a prayer request with you. One of my professors, he's a pastor in Idaho. He passed away last week. Um, we knew he had been sick. Somebody else finished our class for us, but we didn't know he had COVID, um, and he passed away. So um, Pastor O'Connor in Idaho, put that on your prayer list this week. So all these things... I stored up, and I, I didn't understand them, just like Mary. I mean, we understand it because we have, we have the whole story. Mary didn't understand that. But I believe God sends people to encourage us, to give us direction at just the right moments, to give us just that prayer that will lift us up. That's why you guys will get random texts from me because I, I believe that when I have a thought about you, I better send it now because I sure won't remember it in 10 minutes, right? <laughs> because that means God just wants you to know you're lifted up in prayer at that moment. If you smell pizza, you pray for David Baker. <laughs> Amen, children, right? They know that. I've shared, you know, several times this year, reminder that the church has been through a pandemic before, right? The Spanish flu. And I wish I could find better documentation of how that played out, how that played out just here in this church even. And honestly, there's more things out there about it now that we kind of understand it better because before 2020, if somebody said the Spanish flu pandemic, it just sort of probably would have rolled through our brains like a history class. You remember it for five seconds, and then it's gone before the book closes. But did you know I caught this little tidbit the other Anybody watch It's a Wonderful Life? Is that anybody's? You got to do that at Christmas? Yes, 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 yes. Thank you. Don't be ashamed of that, ladies. You raise that hand up high. We watch that quite often in our house. Have you ever caught that the pharmacist's son, Mr. Gower, his son dies from the Spanish flu? Now, it says influenza on that telegram. But my little brain went to ticking and thought about the year, 1919, and I, I wound up Googling it all up, and sure enough, it's part of the story. His son dies from the Spanish flu that year. Interesting. So um, did you get your handouts? Thomas, did you do handouts, or are they going to do it on the way out? I wish I had brought one up here. Um, so we have these handouts. See, I knew. He's, he's such a good pastor's husband. I have coffee. I'm so good today. 
So on your way out, this is a must. You need to pick up this paper. It's all colorful because I'm learning how to work Procreate in my uh, iPad. <laughs> I went on TikTok and found some how-to videos <laughs> and <laughs> been playing. But I have this little handout. Again, it's our 110th anniversary year. COVID kind of train wrecked that for us. But I want to make a record of how we came through this year. I want to make a record for future generations to know what this was like for us. You know, what are some encouraging words someone spoke to you this year that lifted you up? What are some um, words that you would speak to future believers if they ever have to go through this kind of trial again? You know, because we, we've spoken a lot of those words of just hanging on, just stick together, love people. I think that's how we've survived this. Because we have continued to love people. I honestly am very thankful for this year because I feel like the church was the church in a way it hasn't been in a long time. Because you guys have been so awesome to me in in the fact that I could call or text and say, hey, could you go check on this person? Because I just, I don't have time to get it all done this week. Boom, y'all would go. That's the church. That's the church. It's okay on this paper to acknowledge when you're not okay. We've lost some things this year. Maybe it's grief over some of the the events we didn't get to do. Maybe it's grief over the loved ones we have lost. You know, Thomas and I, it's been one of those such crazy years. Like, I had to reprocess over Christmas of losing my brother just because I forgot that happened this year. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, so much has happened in this year. I mean, Thomas was even surprised reading through his journal of like, wow, we we did, we went through this this year and this. And I'm like, wow, I done totally forgot about that. Because every week has changed. So I want you to acknowledge if there was a loss. I want you to, um, you know, what's something that you are grateful for that came out of this year? And these are just sort of starting points, just to give you ideas of things that maybe you can write, but that's not the, I don't want to limit you. Because what I want to do is gather these up, and I want to create a book for 2020, for 110th year. This is what our church went through. So that in years to come, I don't have to call and, you know, beg people of, Do you remember that time? Tell me that story. Put the story down for us. Put it down for us. Because I don't know about you guys. My mom was big in genealogy, and that's great, and that's fine. But I want stories. I want to know what those dead people did. You know, this doesn't need to be turned into me today. Jimmy Baker, (laughs) I feel like I am back at Disney on the laugh floor, and you are that guy. And y'all remember that day, don't you? Yes, yes. That's how you find out you're in the same room with a baker in Disney, Walt Disney World, because Jimmy Baker's over here laughing and they point cameras at him. (laughs) I just had that flashback with that giggle. (laughs) But I want you to take these papers home with you. 
And I want you to sit down with your coffee, and I want you to ponder the things that you want to hold on to about this year. Things that maybe don't even make sense right now to you, but in years to come it will. Spouses, look at me. This is not your wife's job. I want each spouse to take one, too. Because your perspective is different than hers. And his is different than yours. Because we each had different struggles, whether that was with our jobs, whether that was with our different families. And and moms, make sure, grab some for the kids. Even if it's just a drawing, let them write down what 2020 was for them. Because in 30 or 50 years, they're going to look back at that and go, wow, I really stunk at drawing. (laughs) And kiddos, by the way, I've got a new bulletin board back there. When y'all leave pictures for me, I have a bulletin board that I stick it up on in the hallway so people can see your artwork that you do. These kids have taught me more. This is something else I'm grateful for in 2020. When you let a kid write out or draw out what they hear in a sermon, wow. It can come back to a preacher and teach us a lot. Like, I don't even know how ninjas get in my story, but yes, Jake puts them in there. I promise you. (laughs) So 2020, a lot changed. Church, who never changed? Jesus Christ. He is still forgiving our sins today. He still left us with the Holy Spirit that is still alive in you and I. We are still the church loving God and loving people. That never changes. Your heart doesn't change. Today when Brittany was singing, I know you hate these masks, but I heard those beautiful voices coming out. And it still sounded so good to the Lord for you to be focused on him and worshiping him. So yes, 2020 has been different, but can we just celebrate that God is still God on the throne? As 2020 winds down, let's not mumble and grumble all the way through. Let's remember the good things that God still did for us. Look at that baby girl back here. 2020 gave us that beautiful girl. Oh, and I remember speaking over her praying over you when you were pregnant. God still speaks over our children. Speak into their lives. Speak into your friends' lives. Be a Simeon or Anna for somebody that needs that encouragement today. 2020 was rough. 2021, you know the vision I have for it? Can we rise up and be the quiet in the land because there's a lot of crazy stuff going on and it's going to continue going on in 2021 politics vaccines all of this stuff that we're just tired of in our news feeds let's rise up and be the quiet in the land let's focus on the prayer and worship of god the father No matter where we are, worship is not just something we do in this place when Brittany and Alvin step up here. Worship happens every day that we quiet ourselves before the Lord and we wait expecting him to come and show up. And I think he will. How many years have we prayed for revival in this land? 
That's what this can create. Because it has created a stir and a hunger for God's people to be together. It has created new people that watch. You have brothers and sisters in Christ online with us every week. Some that will contact me later and and they'll ask questions. God is rising up. Are you ready to rise with him in 2021? Stand with me this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you as we sat and we just tried to ponder the way Mary had to, to absorb your word this morning. And God, I'm just asking for your spirit to fill the hearts of your believers this morning. God, we do wait for for Jesus to come back, but the spirit is working in us here today. Lord, if someone has never asked Jesus to be their Savior, to to forgive their sins, this is the time. We don't wait for tomorrow. This is the day of salvation. And Simeon acknowledged that Jesus is God's salvation. We need his forgiveness. God, thank you for your Holy Spirit that lives in us. Right now, stirring our hearts rising us up to do more, to love God and love people. God, I thank you for the blessings of 2020. Yes, it was a rough year, but God, you were with us every step of the way. You were with this church body as we made decisions. You will continue to do that. God, you've been with us in the hard times where we felt like we couldn't get to somebody, but Lord, your spirit was there with them. God, you have stirred hearts and and people have found new ministries of loving on this community. God, I am thankful for the the new friendships. And and I know this this is one of those things we don't like to say, but in those Zoom meetings, (laughs) God, you brought a district of, of pastors together like we haven't been in a long time. I'm thankful for that, Lord. I am thankful for the way that you showed up in our lives. And God, I look hopeful and expectant into this next year that what you have started, you're going to keep working on until it's finished in us. God, may we lay our lives before you today so that we can be the quiet in the land, praying for your kingdom to come. And God, may we be your hands and feet of that kingdom here on earth. And God, Someone in here today, it's, it, it has been a hard year. And it's okay to not be okay. And I pray your spirit over them. I pray your spirit to just walk with them in that moment of grief. And that's okay. And God, there's some in here that, Lord, uh, looking into the new year, hope and joy is filling their hearts and they want to scream it at the top of their lungs. Let us scream with them. Let us... Feel the joy together as a body of believers. I love you, Lord. Thank you that you brought us to this place and time at just this moment to be your people. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Church, remember no Wednesday night and have a blessed day and go be a blessing to others. I love you guys. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, 
YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved. Thank you.